Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. This week, Sean and I are discussing managing your sales channel. So, with that, let's go ahead and start the show. So, hello, Sean, and uh, how are you today? Good, Les. Good. How are you doing? Finally, it's spring. Yeah. Most places. Yes, I would agree. Um, so, today we're going to talk about uh, managing your sales channel, uh, talking about the people within the sales process, uh, what their responsibilities are, how you manage some of the information that the salespeople deal with. And um, this one is, I have to say, this one is one that I am learning more and more about daily. Uh, getting into the whole sales side of the business. Uh, you know, last week we talked about marketing, uh, so we decided to just kind of flow on and start talking about the, uh, the sales responsibility. So I figured uh, the uh, best place to start on this is just tar- start talking about uh, their responsibility and how you manage a salesperson. Uh, as far as, let's start with, you know, territories, new, com- new customers, things like that. How, how do you manage uh, uh, particular sales activities as far as that goes, Sean? Well, I think you have to decide on how your sales channel needs to be managed. Is it, is it by territory with, with sales reps, manufacturer sales reps, or is it by territory with a direct salesperson, or is it by key customers and so so if you've got somebody chasing you know, particular customers then how do you go and find any new potential opportunities either in that market segment or in the region um, I think that that kind of harkens back a little bit to last week's conversation about about marketing information so your marketing information really has to provide to you the opportunities to sell now the sales channel then is the method at which you collect orders. You go and you support the customer and bring in orders. So I was thinking I was thinking about this. From a marketing standpoint, I think of the marketing people being the ones that are kind of pointing the direction. Yes. And the salespeople are the people that once that marketing person has thrown that bone, the salespeople are running out there and chasing that bone. I mean, not not trying to call a salesperson a dog, but okay. that's kind of the analogy I think of. Is that a good analogy? I think that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good analogy, I guess. Um, and 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 the, the bone is being thrown in a direction based on data and understanding of what you're selling in the market and everything like right. that. Right, and the market and the marketing person is the one that's actually accumulating the data and right. and actually finding out where it's best to start, where what markets would be good to go after, what products would sell in that market, any tweaks you need to make to your product to be better in that market. That's kind of where I think a, a marketing person comes in. But once that's set, uh, then the salesperson is the one that's actually going out there knocking on the doors. Right. And, and you know, verbally and, and physically showing what kind of product that, that person could provide for that customer. So they, so are, they, the, they are the forward facing to the customer. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's one thing that you have to go, well, I wouldn't say guard against, but as a management and leadership team, making sure that your sales 
people understand that they work for your company. I know a lot of salespeople that, that go out there and they, they fight for the customer when there is a conflict. And what and I'll just jump right into into um, an issue that could happen if there is if there's not enough clarity when that salesperson gets the order. Mm-hmm. When the salesperson gets the order and the customer thinks that that they should be receiving more than than the company is willing to provide based on that proposal, then the uh, the salesperson has to make sure that 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 gap is narrowed and not necessarily. Not necessarily give things away. So yeah. I, I put that I put that role. You talk about the roles and responsibilities. The, the responsibility of the salesperson is to make sure that that what the customer is asking for is exactly what the company is offering for that consideration. Okay. Use, use the legal term for getting paid. You know the consideration. <laughs> Legally. Yeah, there you go. Um, going back to the uh, one of the things I was wanting to ask you is going back to how you decide to uh, have your salesman set up uh, for selling items, whether it be through a territory, whether it be through a customer. Do you ever run across a situation where there's a combination thereof? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It depends upon depends upon the size of the organization. Okay. Um, we talked a little earlier about. A salesperson is that the only thing that they do is sell. If if you if you've got a relatively small organization, well, that person should and, and maybe has to wear multiple hats. You know, a little bit on the marketing side, a little bit on the sales side. Right. What I will say though is that is that management leadership should understand that that's what they are asking this person, one or two people, to do, or uh, a few people, whatever. Yeah, whatever um, that they're asking them to do, and that the, the direction in each of those areas is clear. Right. So the, the, the marketing direction, the sales direction, you know, with with some kind of you know either quota for sales, you know, marketing events and things like that. So so management really has to understand how to use that tool. And and now I'm saying the tool is the people. Right. You know how to use that tool based on guidance from. The leadership. So leadership should have a very clear understanding of what their expectations are for a sales and marketing group of people, yes. whether you have just the salespeople or whether you truly do have a sales and marketing. The leadership needs to have a very, very clear uh, understanding of, one, how they're planning on um, breaking down the expectations of the salesperson. In other words, who are they going after? How are they going after them? What are they going to be selling? Will they have the right tools? So leadership's responsibility is, is it sounds like it's very key in this. Absolutely, because you can't, you can't not give guidance to the people that are, are tilling the soil. I know you, you had the, the dog bone and throwing the bone <laughs> in my mind. So I'm did this bone go in, a, in tilled soil? <laughs> yeah, it's in, it's in tilled soil. So I like, I like uh, thinking of a, a field where you're, you're plowing and fertilizing and growing and growing those customers. Right. Uh, but it is an iterative process too. Let's, let's not forget that, that the information from the field has to come back to management and, and management then has to take that information understand what else is happening in the market, um, you know, outside of their own company and set the expectations for their sales channel. Gotcha. So what about, um, the, so you talked both about a salesperson and you talked about, um, sales reps. 
Um, how do you go about setting up a commissioning structure uh, that would be, well, let's talk about a salesperson first, a commissioning structure that would support a uh, solid incentive plan that would you know, ensure that they are going in the right direction? Because I, I oftentimes find that incentive programs don't seem to benefit the company as the whole. They either don't benefit the salesperson at all, or they benefit the salesperson only. Mm. And and I and I'm trying to figure out what would be a good way of of putting something in place that would that would incentivize the salesperson, but would support the company as a whole. Right, and and it would depend upon, of course, what you're selling, how often you're selling. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't want to. I don't want to put the caveat on on uh, you know anything that I say as uh, having the answer. It depends. I truly believe that you get what you pay for. So if you incentivize someone on on bookings, so on sales, on, on, on getting orders, ultimately they are going to get the orders because they want that they want that compensation. Now, what is the quality of those orders? That's what I was just going to say. Right. So you have to you have to worry about the quality of those orders when only when you only incentivize on bookings. Right. Okay. Now I, I go to the other side of the the pendulum because I've seen it discussed throughout this whole spectrum. Right. If you if you then say, well, listen, salesperson, you're doing a good job getting orders, but I'm going to hold your feet to the fire to make sure that the net margin at the end of the job is where we forecasted it to be. Well, now you've got the salesperson really looking after engineering, not to not to buy anything they don't need to buy. You're looking at, at the uh, salesperson to oversee um, purchasing and, and getting better prices for purchasing, and then you would you would force them to look at manufacturing to make sure that there was no loss of margin against what they forecasted in getting this order. And so, really, and really, you could say that about anything you added to their incentive. So let's say. Uh, number of number of uh, nonconformances for their job, then they would be paying attention to nonconformances and probably debating with you whether they're truly nonconformances because they know that it would go against their incentive plan. And your point is 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 that a good use of their their time? Is the argument right? And, yeah. and I will go back to my standard, and maybe my I should change my middle name to to planning, right? <laughs> The the organization has to be set up so that so that you can focus your sales team on one thing, on one thing, and if it's if it's top line sales, you focus them on sales, but you structure the organization so that the tools that the salesperson has are robust enough that that there's no gap in clarity between what the customer wants and what the company is, is offering. Yeah, because, so, okay, go ahead. Sorry. So, I, you know, if I could just get as, as simple as possible, if, if you are selling a wrench, if you're selling a wrench, the salesperson can sell wrenches in one eighth inch sizes from an eighth inch all, all the way up to three inches big. Okay. One eighth inch sizes. Very distinct. And there's a there's a a cost structure and a pricing structure for each of those sizes. 
then there's no gap. If the if the customer wants six of them, they get six of whatever size, and and it's clear. And then it goes through the system without any hiccups. Right. So, but if if you have if you have a customized product where the where the customer can order any number of colors, any number of sizes, any number of attachments, any number of, of whatever attribute you can think of, well, then the system has to be a heck of a lot more robust to ensure that there is no gap between what the customer wants and expects and what the company is, is ready to build for that price. And so that's kind of a little bit of the quandary is that, especially in a custom environment where you need some need something a little more robust like that, but if your organization is not a very large organization, trying to build up that robustness is very difficult and can be, you know, be a project that goes for quite some time. Right. Okay, so let's go back to the, the, the first question because I think it's it's a good one to stay on. How do you incentivize the salesperson? Yeah. So if you have if you have a company that, that might not be as as large as one that would have, you know, the ability to create some robust uh, menu-driven cost structure and pricing structure for the components and and the the custom fab. Um, I've seen I've seen it where you estimate with somewhat high margin, and you broad brush you broad brush the cost because you know you've missed things. There goes the air quotes. You know you've missed things, right? And and. I think that's that's dangerous in two ways because you could be you could be putting too much margin on your job or too much risk money. I hate calling it margin because it's really not margin. If you if you've got a high cost because you don't know the scope, yeah, it's unknown then, money. Well, then it's yeah, unknown money. Then you, I like to load it in to you know risk. I like to right. list what those risks might be. But you, you kind of think about it. I, I you know the thing is. It just doesn't automatically happen. Sales don't automatically happen. Fabrication and delivery just doesn't automatically happen. So you have to think about it. And if you if if there is scope that you think, and you being management team and that salesperson that might not be covered because because we don't have the tools to understand everything that could possibly be needed, then then acknowledge it and say, you know what, we're gonna put in ten dollars for those things that we don't we don't know. And keep track of it then. Then you have to keep track of it as it goes through. Well, it costs $9. The things that we didn't know cost $9. And they get smarter each time. If they cost $11, well, you lost margin. You don't want to – if you can acknowledge that that there is a, a, a risk bucket of money for scope that you don't know or you're not fully aware of having to do at the beginning of a project, you cannot, you cannot then penalize the salesperson – for for having you know a low margin that if that's the case then 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 maybe you are okay with just bookings as long as you acknowledge where you could have costs downstream right and the, the and you know the, the ultimate way to do this is to be able to generate the cost of each scope item be very clear with the customer what the scope is that they're getting mm-hmm. and then and then be strong enough in the project management phase to to have someone if the, if the customer questions hey I was expecting to get you know a bigger a bigger you know component and well no right here it was clear that you were getting a 36 inch component and not a 48 inch component um, or you know 
I, w- I was expecting to get three three bells and whistles on it instead of two bells and whistles on it. Well, here we say we were going to get two bells and whistles. Um, you know, of course, as you run a project, you, you're going to you're going there's going to be some gives and takes, but you have to you have to be at least confident in what you've offered in order to have any kind of stance to discuss the project going forward. Because if if you if you let this scope creep and and uh, cost or margin erosion go on projects after project, then you know you're not gonna you're not gonna be in business very long. Right. So taking that and expanding it a little bit further, then what what is the decision point at which an organization should look at utilizing sales reps? You know, as opposed to internal sales personnel, is there an advantage uh, or a disadvantage to one over the other? Does it affect the the uh, commissioning structure? Um, it, it will affect the commissioning structure because for a sales rep, you only give commission on sales. You can't hold the sales rep uh, accountable at all to for the operating costs for the business like itself. For the business itself, yeah. Um, sales reps are very good leverage, in my opinion. If you and you have to manage, just like anything, you have to manage your, your sales channel. And I think a sales rep network is is good leverage if you provide training to them and information to them to do the the legwork. Okay. The legwork. Let me add something right there. So now yeah. you're back on. You've brought up now the gap, though, that is the problem, and that is. In this case, training material, whether it's an internal sales guy or, or your rep, you've got to have material. I'm going to use that generic word of material, whether that material needs to be tools, whether it needs to be uh, training videos or slides or hands-on demonstrations or whatever it is. It could be a whole slew of things. Somebody has to go develop this mass of material that a salesperson or a sales rep can use to be able to be better, understand the product, and be able to sell it. And so how does that get created? Well, it gets created by dedicated, dedicated <laughs> workforce. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to have collateral. You have to, you have to be able to provide information to the people that are in front of the customer. Right, right. Yeah. And I and, and I'm not I, I knew this answer would be kind of difficult just because I don't think there's a magic bullet to this answer and I think it's it's almost one of those scenarios where it takes a family to you know manage the village or whatever the saying is I don't know um, in other words it's a group effort trying to figure out how to I think engineering's involved I think production people need to be involved uh, but ultimately we're pulling something together that that salesperson can turn around and take and know what they're about to sell, so that's the training part of it, and have the information they need to then make a good sale and right. any materials to help the customer understand what they just sold. Right. So there's all these, these, all these little pieces of, of material, I think that's really the best word to say, that helps ensure that this salesperson is successful. And you've got to get that developed. And, and in a lot of cases, especially in a smaller organization, that stuff just does not exist in most cases because they're busy trying to sell. 
<laughs> right. But if if you don't have if you don't have the right tools, then then your your that added value is is diminishing. So I, I want to go back to what we live by. Okay. It's a it's a process. Yes. And, and you you have to you, you start someplace and then you have process improvement. And the process improvement does include this the field salesperson, the engineering team, uh, you know, a part a part of each of these groups in order to in order to better improve the process because you really do need to listen to the folks that are out selling because they're the ones that, that are at dinner and they hear what either the customer's saying or they're at trade shows and they hear what the competition is saying. So you have to you have to take that information and put it into the hopper. And, <laughs> that's right, that hopper. That and hopper. Make sure that the hopper and, and then and then massage it enough so that you get a usable piece of information out the bottom of it. Right. I I would agree with you. I, I think my struggle is is just uh trying to figure out how to chisel away at that iceberg. You know, I, there's there's a lot there that needs to be done. You know, I kind of listed out three of them. Um, the, the, the training material, the material that you need to, to sell with, and the material that you need to help your customer understand what they just what you just sold them. You know, and, and that needs to all be developed, whether it's digital, whether it's manual, whether it's whatever, whether it's videos, you know, who, that's not the point. It's the point that this material has to be created, and I think that that's where I struggle the most. And I think, I think you, you said it uh, as to the answer that I expected, and that is it's a process, and you've got to chisel away at it. You've got to start somewhere, pick something that's, that's, that's going to give you the best bang for your buck, Involve the right people and just get it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is really the best way to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can think of it like any other process in the organization where you've got a problem, errors, or or you know, well defects. Mm-hmm. That's that's your so well defects can be likened to no bookings. <laughs> right? Yeah. So well, that, and I was kind of going down the path of thinking about: Do different people in the organization need to be incentivized? in different ways uh, to help the organization grow if they had a piece of the pie. So taking the salesperson, for example, I, I was thinking to myself that, okay, should the salesperson have some um, skin in the game when we have too many NCRs on a particular order? Or should they have some skin in the game when it goes out the door in bad quality because of lots of reasons, one of which could be they sold it without some without enough clarity. You know that that of course that snowball just keeps on rolling when it starts out that way. You know I've had that discussion. So I was thinking to myself that if a salesperson had some sort of not not total in uh, commission or incentive program based on that, but some of their incentive was based on that. Would that make a difference? Now, although you kind of kind of swayed me a little bit in the fact that, well, do you really then want that salesperson hovering over and looking at NCRs every time one comes through and then making all these arguments for why or why not that's a good NCR? Is that the best use of their time? So, you, again, that's why I call the incentive process a dual-edged sword is because it, it's really a – 
you know, on one hand, if if they're not accountable, then they're renegades. If they're if they are accountable, then they're doing things you don't want them to do. It's a very difficult balance. Right, and, and I would say, I would say that when you do split a compensation program between between what that individual can do, because the sales, if you get the right salespeople, a salesperson is a is a different animal than an engineer. Yes, right. Okay, so let's just let's just say you know salesperson out, typically gregarious, you know, able to you know talk to people and, and find out information, things like that. Right. That person, if that person has some part of their compensation tied to what everybody else in the organization does, they basically write it off. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, okay, twenty five percent. You know what? I'm probably not going to get that because things just don't work after I sell it. <laughs> that could, that, that could be a thought process. Yeah, I agree with you. But do you realize how strange that thought process sounded when you said it? Because your eyes got big when you said it. Well, yes, because because people people. I know our organization is bad, so therefore I'm not going to worry about. Yeah, well, and and this is where I go back to, and I'll I'll say it again. There's got to be there's got to be adults in the room. There has to be adults. You're right. If that's if that is the attitude. Of the salespeople, well, then as the leadership team, you have to make corrections. Right. You have to you have to see what is going on, and you know we've been in organizations that didn't see what was going on, and and I and I'll tell you that was the mentality. Yeah. That was the mentality of of uh, you know certain certain individuals. Well, you know I'm not going to get it because manufacturing stinks. Right. Okay. There was no effort in figuring out. Does manufacturing really stink, or how do you just improve it if it does? Yeah. So, so or how can I be a part of making it better without? Right. And so this goes way. And so I'm going to segue into this goes way back to my original comment, which was how can you make a salesperson be a part of the process of getting better instead of only just selling? Because I think it's important that they are a part. Of the process, yeah, and a process improvement program um, where you where you take the, the, the people and, and storyboard, you know what is going on, right? How does you have to have a problem though? It's kind of like I know, and that's the know, hard part. And, and 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 making it a project with a a specific beginning, a specific end, a specific goal, right? If, if you if you if you load it up as hey, it's the project to be on time, okay. So let's just take on time, right? And if 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 the salesperson sells it, sells the job, and it's supposed to take twenty six weeks, and that's what everybody agreed to that it was going to take twenty six weeks, and consistently we're late. Well, the project is to figure out how do we get the job that we think should be done in twenty six weeks actually done in twenty six weeks or less. So you're okay with a salesperson being a part of a project like that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Absolutely. I, I know of some some people where they've literally said, "I'm not selling because I'm in here in this in this meeting, you know, that's about a process improvement. So therefore, I'm not selling, which is to me a cop out. But well, that is a cop out. And, yeah, you know, salespeople are always they're always selling. So you know what? Buy them lunch and 
Yeah. I'm dinner and I do it on Saturday. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they, they'd love the that. The customers aren't at work on Saturday typically, so they can, they can do a little project on Saturday. So why don't we go ahead and um, summarize this? Cause I think we, we talked about uh, quite a bit. We focused on, we focused on commissions and, and territories and, and sales rep. And, and I don't think our goal was to bash the salesperson, but I do think that the salesperson has got to become more of a key player in helping the organization grow, and I do believe that they're an important piece of ensuring that product is sold correctly, built correctly, and shipped correctly. And without them being involved in that, it's you're always going to have the problem of, selling something and then we didn't do a very good job about it and they wind up saying oh well so i think that that's how i would kind of summarize kind of what we talked about what about you yeah no i agree with you completely they sales team should be involved in in process improvement for the organization they are they are one you know leg of the organization just as a, as any other functional area is very important and, one i agree well, yeah i mean and like you said they're the face of, they're the face to the customer right so, so the organization the organization is a sales organization and the only way anybody's going to make any money is if something gets sold that's right so so not only not only do the sales people have to help the execution side so that so that more product can be sold the execution side has to understand that, that they are there to support the sales side, okay? That's the only reason that they have a job mm-hmm. is, to support, is, to, is to support the customers wanting to buy that, that product yep. and, having, and having pride in that product. Everyone from accounting to, to manufacturing to engineering, they have to, they have to make sure that they are adding value for that customer so that more sales can happen in the future. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead and uh, get into our picks of the week. Uh, Sean, why don't you go ahead and lead us off? All right. I, you know, I, my, my pick was more of a concept, and I, I have an example. Okay. I'm thinking I might have used the example before. but uh, Are you going to present it on the screen for us? No, I'm kidding. Account- accountability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, accountability, and, and we, talk about, uh, we talk about sales here and, and commissions and compensation, things like that. You have to be accountable for for what you are supposed to produce, excuses excuses are not um, going to move anybody in a positive direction. Agreed. So understanding what under understanding what you are accountable for is key, and and then making it happen um, is key in building a plan to make it happen. So so that's my concept, and and where I'm where I'm going is back to my Strava for cycling. Your favorite tool? Uh, yeah, because One I, of them. you know I set a goal with a buddy of mine. Yeah. And, and uh, the year, the year is moving along, and, and uh, travel and weather are what could be used as excuses. But I need to be, I need to be uh, back on my bicycle and doing the mileage I'm supposed to be doing. I would, but, I would use them as excuses. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what? The thing is, it doesn't matter. I still, I still show on my Strava what I'm, what I've done, and then my buddy, who's also you know riding, I can see what he's doing. So. You know, having that accountability uh, team member helps me get motivated and, and do what I said I was going to do. That's a good one. So my uh, pick this week is, um, and it's nothing new. Of course, everyone's heard of LinkedIn, but for me personally, I feel like LinkedIn has kind of been a, a tool that I've really taken hold of lately and started 
trying to use in different ways. I know you've probably seen some of my business posts and and uh, started using the Pulse, which is the article writer that's within uh, LinkedIn, and and started to get a little more creative on actually writing some articles. Um, so I, I've, I've I picked LinkedIn this week. It kind of goes with the 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 topic of sales because you know I'm actually promoting our company uh, by doing some of that work and and hopefully getting our our name out there uh, some more. So. Uh, and if you're listening to this, the, the, the company is Wilson Systems, <laughs> Wilson Company Systems Division. So I'm, I'm advertising for us. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this is a good topic, Sean, and um, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. I look forward to uh, doing this again next week. We will chat with you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man vs. Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit Sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week.